Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to $200 in fee-free overdraft with a Chime checking account. Sign up today at chime.com slash goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Welcome back. This is Perspectives. This is the show where we have a conversation about our differences only to learn more about what we have in common. I'm Condice Presley, and if you don't know by now, you know that I love to read. Well, here's a story for you. Corazon Lopez yearns finally to start training as a Bablian. That's a mystical healer and spirit guide under her powerful guardian, Aunt Tina. As soon as her magic awakens, Corazon plans to bring her parents back from the dead and no longer have to rely on a soul key to allow visits with their ghosts for just a few hours every Saturday night. But when a vengeful ghost steals Corazon's precious key, the fragile balance between the human world and the spirit world is thrown out of whack. Antina reveals that if Corazon wants her magic to awaken, then she can just lay the ghost to rest by fashioning a new soul key. And with her rather bloodthirsty gecko companion, Sasso, Corazon embarks on a quest through the spirit realms, but they must move quickly, for if the ghost gets through the spirit glass, all hope will be lost. What a wonderful story for our young people to read. The book is The Spirit Glass, and Roshni Chokshi is our guest right now on Perspectives. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. So I'm excited to talk with you about this book. It's a new series. Where do these ideas come from? That's just what I shared with a little synopsis or what the story is. In The Spirit Glass, you have the most incredible imagination. That's so kind of you to say. I mean, whenever we consider where stories or ideas come from, I don't think that they have very linear roots. You know, they they drink from something over the course of many, many years um, you can trace inspiration back from. But for me, a lot of a lot of the inspiration from where I write is my childhood background. My father's from India. My mother's from the Philippines. I grew up surrounded with a lot of mythology, folklore, history, and it's something that I've uh, never been able to put behind me, and I hope I never do. When did you know that your gift was in writing and that you were going to be a storyteller, especially for middle grade students? Oh, gosh, I, I don't know about gift or these things emerging in a sort of just black or white way. But for me, I, I think a, a lot of it was just the joy in knowing that when I would write something or dream up something, people could have emo- an emotional reaction to it. Um, and I just, I found that that was really magical. I was a medievalist when I was in college. And then, uh, you know, I never really thought I could turn my love of writing into a career the way I had imagined, you know, as, as writing fiction, but I love journalism. So I, you know, I interned at news stations. I tried to break in that way. I ended up going to law school for a year, which depending on how you, who you ask is very much the study of storytelling. And I was in my first year of law school when my very first book sold. And after that, I deferred law school and then just never went back. Everyone, Roshni Chakshi is the author of The Instant, New York Times bestselling first book in the Pandava series, Arusha and the End of Time, and its four sequels. She also wrote the New York Times bestselling books, The Star-Torched Queen, The Gilded Wolves, 
the ser the silvered serpents, and the bronzed beast. These novels were inspired by stories, as you said, your grandmother told her, as well as your consuming love for Sailor Moon. Tell me about that. Oh, Sailor Moon was this anime that was really popular when I was growing up. And something about it that was really, really fun. You know, I remember me and my little sister, we would race home after the end of school to watch the show. And Sailor Moon was very much a celebration of girl power. It had snappy dialogue. All the girls' powers seemed to be very aesthetically pleasing, you know, that sort of thing. And what I really loved about it was that sense that female friendship was the most dominant aspect of their magic. Sure, there were love interests and everything else, but at the end of the day, it was these group of girls that were best friends and fighting otherworldly crime together, you know? And that was very much the inspiration for Arusha. Which had four sequels, and this book is a standalone. Why change? I think, frankly, in a lot of ways, I was burned out from writing series. I wrote the Arusha series at the same time as I was writing my Gilded Wolves trilogy. But on another note, when it comes to, you know, the sort of creative expression and how I would conceive of a story, it seemed that every single book I was writing, I was trying to answer a question. Sometimes I needed more than one book to answer that question. Other times I um, I only needed one. For me, the difference between Arusha, the question being asked in Arusha and the question being asked in the spirit glass has to do, Arusha is very concerned with who is doing the telling of a story. Whereas the spirit glass is very much concerned with um, the story of grief and what is the end of grief. And I didn't need nearly as much room for the spirit glass. And so it was, uh, it's, it's whole onto itself. I only needed the space it needed. Talk to us about Corazon and her drive and desire to remain connected to her parents whom she's lost. Yeah. You know, it's a bit of a, a rather dark joke amongst children's book writers, but we are so often deeply unkind to parents in our novels. We don't know how else to allow for a child to have an, ex an adventure without killing off the parents, making sure they're conveniently off page or just never there to begin with. And um, as someone who was desperate to become a parent at that time and is now experiencing this great blessing as a mother, I, I found myself very curious about what it would be like to write a story where, yes, the parents are involved. And can you still have a well-adjusted kid going on these mythical adventures? My answer, unfortunately, was no, it's very difficult. So I'm going to kill off the parents, but make sure that they're still there in loving ghost form. <laughs> um, and so Corazon has this still loving, lovely relationship with her parents who are ghosts, who she sees every, for a couple of hours every Sunday. And it's both beautiful and heartbreaking for her. She loves them. She misses them. She's desperate to hug them. She's desperate for her powers to emerge and mature so she can bring them back from the dead. And there was a line in the book that felt really poignant to me as someone who's experienced loss, which is that sometimes what's worse than a nightmare is being given only half a dream, being taunted by something that you could have, but can't fully possess. Uh, there's a lot to mourn with that. And so that's really what both drives Corazon and holds her back because anyone who's gone through grief knows that it's a lodestone. It changes the way gravity treats you. It makes days seem endless. How does grief change the direction of the story? Well, for Corazon, it's, grief is the impetus, right? It's the thing that allows her to um, find the courage to go on this quest, to refashion the spirit key and the hope that her powers will emerge and she can bring her parents back. 
But grief is also a very private lens, um, both for her and the antagonist, the ghost who steals her key in the first place. Um, that ghost's name is Florida Lisa de Leon. And I mean, she looks absolutely monstrous and gruesome and she's terrible. But the more that as as Corazon recovers every piece of the key, she's also given a piece of Florida's history. And she sees how she and this monster have so much more in common than they imagine. And it is because of grief um, and seeing how people respond to that. Some people go off the deep end. They become violent because of their pain. Other people hold it in. Those are lessons that we're not lessons so much as those are experiences that we can't escape no matter how old we are. You incorporate aspects of Filipino culture in this story. Tell us about that and why that's important to you. Uh, it was important to me because my mother's Filipino. And so I grew up surrounded by Hindu mythology, Hindu folklore, Filipino mythology, and Filipino folklore. The big difference is that, I mean, Spirit Glass is, I think, my 13th novel. And yet for so long, I've been writing very comfortably in the space and realm of Hindu mythology. And I've been asked multiple times by my mother, especially, why it's taking me so long to write a book with Filipino um, mythology. And the answer to that is colonialism. Uh, it's really, really sad, but that is the truth of it. When the British Raj came and they were dominating India, a lot of those Hindu religious epics were preserved and translated. A lot of Indians were still able to practice their religions versus when the Spanish came and conquered the Philippines around the 16th century and dominated them for more than 400 years, they stamped out their native religions. They introduced Catholicism often in brutal ways, which is why the Philippines is one of the largest Catholic countries in the world. And they destroyed a lot of spiritual practices and pretty much ravaged the telling of mythology, which used to be orally transmitted. There's a lot of pain that comes from knowing that the the stories that you've been handed are are moth-eaten right it's it's like the what has survived in the filipino like folkloric tradition are its tales of monsters ghosts and um pain and this is what i think of as the legacy of colonialism and the legacy of imperialism whenever we consider how ghost stories how ghost stories come to be to me they're so often all that remains from a brutal system you know, the superstitions that we carry as as descendants of the oppressed, they may seem like nothing more than superstitions in the sense that they're for children, that they shouldn't be taken seriously. But for so many of us who come from that legacy, that is all we have as a tether back to our past. You talked about your mom had asked, why haven't you yet incorporated Filipino culture in any of your stories? And maternal love is an important theme and element in this story of the spirit glass. Is your mom one of the reasons why you, you included this in the story? Oh, of course. My mom is a huge inspiration to me as she's a wonderful, wonderful human being. And also I'd have to say she's got a, a touch of magic to her. I don't know when it will ever happen for me and the experience of being a mom, but it's one of those things where I try to make a recipe that she makes. It does never turns out right. I ask her how much of a measurement of seasoning she uses and she shows me her palm. I have literally emptied her palm and weighed whatever was in her hand to see, okay, that's how much spice she used. And if I use it and down- you still don't get it right. I still don't get it right. I don't know what she does. Well, how did you know to, to stop cooking this fish? Oh, you know, you just know. I don't know. Like I just, um, those are one of those things that seem a little bit magical about her. Uh, my mom also has a farm. My parents have a farm and um, my mom was very, she was saying at one point like, oh, I, 
I miss having an animal around me. I swear to you, the next day, this little black kitten showed up in a cabbage patch thing and just was howling for her. And um, that cat is now my parents' cat. It is a demon, the cutest, softest demon, but you you can't pet her without losing a finger. You just can't do it. She loves two people and that's it. (laughs) How excited are you about the opportunity to pass along the heritage and the stories and the, well, at some point you'll know how much goes in your palm for whatever it is that you're making and sharing <laughs> that with your daughter. Oh, I can't wait. I Cause can't you'll wait. get it at some point. At some point, I hope to acquire that mom superpower of, yeah, look, you know, not needing a recipe to cook and also knowing how to do that thing with when you're wrapping up a present and they can make those perfect triangles and hide the tape. I don't know how to do that. I, I hope one day to to age into that level of wisdom and power. Your previous series, Arusha, drew on elements, as you said, of Hindu mythology, things that you learned from your dad's side of the family. And now the spirit glass is introducing us to your mom's side of the family. When you're doing the research on these things, because you've talked about colonialism and the impact it has on heritage, uh, was one easier to research and write than the other? Oh, absolutely. My dad's uh, heritage was far easier to research. And especially because of what you said, because of colonialism and how things were preserved. Writing the spirit glass was a really, really rewarding experience. When I was writing Arusha, I was drawing a lot on the tales that my grandmother had told me. I didn't have to do much more than reach into my the memories of childhood. Versus with the spirit glass, I'm, I reached out to researchers that were connected to the University of the Philippines. I was reaching out to a cultural anthropologist. I was reaching out to food historians. I was trying, I was drawing from the Filipino-American community to tell the story with as much richness and vividness as I could. Um, and it really felt like a communal effort when it came to researching the spirit glass more than Arusha. Writing these stories for this age group and all of the magic and the adventure, do you and writers like you do that for the purposes of igniting the spark of imagination in your readers? I think yes and no, um, in the sense that I don't think that that's the the guiding reason why we do what we do. Um, At least speaking simply for myself, I write very selfishly for myself. I, I write the stories that I want to read. I write the stories that I wish I had when I was a kid. I, I write the things that delight me, that obsess me. And I think that that's really important when you're a creative individual. You, When you're spending so much time alone in the dark with a tale, it's deeply isolating, very lonely. And if you write for market appeal, you're going to be thinking about an audience when what you need to be thinking about is the thing that fills you with joy and consumes your time in the best way possible. What are you planning to do next? Well, again, I've got a three-month-old, so the only thing that's on my agenda is sleeping and sleeping and sleeping. And hopefully, when I have acquired just enough rest, we'll see what's been waiting in my brain ever since. But until then, I I can't think past sleeping through the night. (laughs) (laughs) Is she sleeping through the night yet, or are you just sleeping when she naps? She she sort of sleeps through the night, but then she grunts, you know, those newborn like... sounds that drive you insane you're just like are you gonna wake up should I wake up should I just go ahead and make a bottle and then you're sitting up she's back asleep and it's 5 a.m and there's just no point trying to sleep anymore so but motherhood is shaping up to be everything you thought it might would be it is and I I also have to say you know there's so much in the spirit glass that is about reckoning with the unknown and the painfulness of the unknown 
And I can't imagine anything more horrific and painful than when I held my daughter for the first time. And yes, there was love and awe and wonder, but next to all that was this horrible divine fear that no matter what, I would never be able to protect her. I cannot ever guarantee her safety. I can only give her everything I have and do my best. And that's horrible to, to, to choose to live with your heart outside your chest is awful. Um, and yet it makes life that much more vivid and beautiful and precious. So I'm trying to hold those things every day. And they sent you home from the hospital, assuming that you would know what to do when you got home. I know my husband and I said, are they allowed to do this? Shouldn't they stop? Someone needs to stop us. What do you mean? You just check the car seat and let us go. What? Don't let us go. <laughs> What are your hopes and dreams for her, knowing that, as you just said, your heart is now walking around or will be walking around at some point outside of your body? Oh, gosh, you're going to make me cry. I mean, I I just want her to have a long, wonderful, healthy, happy life. I want her to love and be loved in return. Um, I hope that whatever strife comes her way is the best kind of catastrophe. You know, the things that, that upend your life, but they happen for all the right reasons. You know, we can't escape pain, but it is our choice to alchemize it into something powerful and magical and to turn it into wisdom. So I hope I, I hope me and my husband and our family can model that for her. Will you want her to read your books? No, God, no. <laughs> Say more about that. Why No. Oh, I just think it's awkward. I, I, I don't, I, I don't want to be, I don't want her to, I don't, I don't know how do I, how do I explain it? It's, it's just a, I, I think I'd be so awkward thinking like, what if she doesn't like it? <laughs> Would I be perpetually uncool in her eyes? Or what if she does like it? And then doesn't think that any of the other books measure up to the only one that she liked. But um, I just, I, I think what I like more is the way that I tell her stories in conversation. I I like, I like that the most right now, at least. Well, there's going to be some time between now and when she and her friends have a chance to pick up some of mommy's old work, some of mommy's <laughs> new work. Uh, what is it that you're wanting readers to take away from the spirit class? Oh, I, I hope that they are haunted in the best way possible. You know, this, this is a time where I can't imagine being a kid right now going through so much strife, climate change, political upheaval, violence. We don't give children enough space to mourn. We don't give them enough space to be okay with discomfort and the unknown. And when you're a kid and all you want is the safety of home, knowing that your parents are saying like, yeah, it's okay not to have all the answers is to me a, a source of deep comfort. You know, someone saying that they do have all the answers and if you live your life according to this way, everything's going to be fine is one of the saddest fictions that crumble away the older that you get. And you can feel sort of taken advantage of by the whole world that promised you that if you told the truth, if you were fair and if you were kind, the world would treat you that way in return and it doesn't. So that's what I hope my readers will take away from the spirit glass, a sense of comfort, even in the unknown. The book is The Spirit Glass and the author is Roshni Chakshi. Ideal, wonderful reading for your middle school student. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Perspectives is a community and public affairs program produced with you in mind. If there's a guest or an issue you'd like to hear me explore, I hope you'd let me know. The easiest way to connect with me is on social media. Just slip me a DM or send me a message. Search Condas Presley on Facebook, 
Instagram, or Twitter. And yeah, I know you're asking, how do you spell Condace? C-O-N-D-A-C-E. And Presley has two S's. That's P-R-E-S-S-L-E-Y. Friends, I appreciate your listening. Be sure to listen again next week at this same time as we explore new perspectives. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.